0: everyone welcome to the glad to podcast i am lauren romo with me as always is my cousin and fellow nerd andrea gutierrez greetings oh i went with the greetings today
1: bringing it back (laughs) bringing it back kids bringing it back (laughs) so what's what's going on edge man just chilling i'm gonna fight my dog anybody want a dog (laughs) an eight-year-old bulldog pug weighs about 70 pounds Wow!
0: Please DM R two D two two steps at Twitter for.
1: Her. Actually, I would never give anybody this dog because it she's she's just she she's a lot to handle. But I love her, and she, <gasps> when she looks at me, she loves me. So I hold on to her as long as I possibly can. <laughs> Don't we all with our animals for sure? Yep. <laughs>
0: All right, guys. This is your first time listening to us. Welcome. We are a Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each, in each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character—you name it—we talk about it. Andrea, we're gonna have some fun today. So, first thing we're gonna do is uh, every week we'll do a kind con- we'll do a High Republic kind of recap, roundup of comic books have come out. Uh, Maybe some of the books that you and I won't do deep dives into, but I know you uh, have read some of them. So I'll get your perspective and uh, things like that. So in this week's High Republic Roundup recap,
1: what are we talking about uh, today? Yo, how do you feel about some comic books? Let's do it. All right. So if you know, or if you don't know, for the Star Wars High Republic uh, launch, there is a Marvel series that came out. Uh, We're going to discuss issue one right now. You haven't read it yet, Lauren?
0: No, I have not. So this is my first time listening to you. So this will be fun. So I'll get...
1: (laughs) It's a little reaction. spoilery. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know how spoilery it can be. It's only one issue, but it also does kind of piggyback with Light of the Jedi. So if you haven't finished Light of the Jedi, nice. um, there's some of that in it as well. But it's written by Kevin Scott. And the artwork is done by Ario Anandito, which the nice. artwork is absolutely phenomenal. It's very like classic Marvel. You know, it's just beautiful to look at just the one thing I absolutely love um, about this series right now. So the introduction to this one is a um, Jedi Padawan uh, and her name is Keeve Trennis and she is actually the Padawan of Master Skier. So if you are familiar with Light of the Jedi, Master Skier is a Trandoshian Jedi, which is quite rare and throughout Light of the Jedi you get to meet him throughout the Battle of Kerr. Uh, he does lose a, a Jedi friend close to him, uh, Master Joramali, who was on the Jedi Council. This story lines up right with that. It's just right after the passing of Joramali, and skier kind of is MIA, somewhat. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, So, but it mainly is following um, Keeve Trennis, so Jedi Keeve. And she is um, wanting to take her Jedi trials and then, you know, elevate into a Jedi Knight. She's awesome. She's um, in her head a lot. She swears. In, in a Star Wars way, you know, kind of I like Carabas. Like Carabast, <laughs> yeah. Dank Farrick, stuff like that. Nice. Um, they do tell her that she needs to clean up her language a little bit. So that's, that's quite fun. I already um, like her for that. Yeah, she's absolutely <laughs> awesome. And so she is on this planet. Skir is there as well, too. And he was he was MIA that Avar, Chris and another Jedi Knight that are on the Starlight Beacon had been looking for him and were unable to contact him. So you kind of get this feeling that there's a little bit going on with him. So he has Keeve on this planet to take her Jedi trial but then all of a sudden she gets bombarded by these um, like creatures and it mm-hmm. seems very violent. You know, we've had a lot of Star Wars stories about this, but it ends up that they're kind of displaced in their home because of the Starlight Beacon is being created. Just some really great um, imagery and all of this, but Keith's able to connect with them and understand what's going on with their home and is able to um, reroute them, find a new home for them, do all that great stuff. You know, we saw that a lot in uh, which one was it? The Finn, remember the Finn comic book, where he was cleaning up the the what was it called? And oh,
0: the was that right before the uh, Rise of Skywalker? That little was that, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, and
1: then he um, there were those creatures that were invading um, yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, Star yeah. Destroyers and ended up that. They weren't invading it. They were actually trying to protect their home. Same premise in this. But it's absolutely awesome to see the way Keith connects with these creatures and is able to save them. The ending of this has kind of a cliffhanger in it, which is super awesome because they're on the Starlight Beacon. They are doing the ceremony. Avar Chris is there, and she is now known as the Marshal on the Starlight Beacon. So <laughs> another Star Wars Marshal. Here we got go. Another Marshal. And... You know, she has a speech, they raise their lightsabers, Keeve has a moment because she's, you know, now a Jedi Knight. It's just absolutely awesome. But what's kind of messed up is the last page and the last frames of this story, you see Skir go off into a room and he's just full of rage and panic and he's just screaming no. And you have to wonder, like, is he starting to be consumed by the dark side just from his anguish and grief that he has from Joramali or who even knows if that's even a part of this. So kind of a cliffhanger, uh, which I thought was great. So absolutely love this first issue. And I did read the second, but we're not going to get into that now. (laughs) Yeah, we'll save that for
0: uh, next week for sure. So this was the Marvel run. And what was the,
1: what's the name of the comic? What's the title? Uh, Fear. There is no fear, chapter one, trial by ordeal. And then what's the, is this like
0: uh, Star Wars High Republic issue one? Okay, so that's kind of just what they're calling it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Sounds cool. I mean, I like how they're again intertwining, like they've talked about before, they're intertwining, you know, the books, comics, and everything like that. So
1: very interesting. Very interesting. you know, weird that not weird, but awesome that, you know, Kevin Scott wrote this one and we're used to him writing novels. You know, Charles Soule's more of a comic book writer, but yet he was the one that should do the first um, novel launch in this series. So it's kind of great that these writers are jumping around and exploring their talents through like different mediums. I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, both Charles and Kevin are, you know, they're used to doing kind of both. I mean, Kevin does comics as well as Charles, you know, vice versa. They both wrote books. So it's cool to see because, like you said, we're used to seeing Charles in the Vader stuff. And Kevin, we, you know, we're used to his, you know, his books and novels. So sounds cool. Sounds cool. So how many, there's two out already and then there's another comic. Well, you know, there's another line of comics, correct? Yeah,
1: there's a IDW line of comics comics that is written by um daniel jose older uh which okay. i read that too very awesome uh has a little bit of the yoda storyline in it so that was really fun to read
0: nice We'll we'll hit that one up uh maybe next week or the week prior or something like that so yeah so the, each week guys we'll kind of do like a uh, a recap of different how republic comics or like we we're talking about like a younger the uh younger books that we might not do deep dives into. So, uh yeah, anything else on that
1: first comic Ange? You know, the feeling I had when I read it was that you didn't have to be a Star Wars fan to read it. You also didn't need to have the background of Light of the Jedi to also read this. If you're used to reading comic books, storylines just pop up out of nowhere and you kind of just go along with it and pull in information as you go along. And that's what this felt like. So that was kind of that was a nice feeling to to read and know that I didn't have to have a ton of backup information to be in this series.
0: Nice. Yeah. It's kinda you don't have to read Light of the Jedi, but it just helps and enhances the the comic itself Absolutely, So that's cool. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. That's uh good stuff. Good stuff. Uh excited to I'll catch up on those eventually, but I'm glad we're kind of doing this segment, so and again a lot of people you know some people are are just books and maybe they don't dabble into comics so maybe us talking about them will get them into it so uh
1: good stuff andrea good good reporting amazing artwork i'm telling you just absolutely phenomenal some of these just beautiful so
0: yeah i mean a lot of the star wars comics that i have read the artwork has been just awesome i mean the vader stuff the Afria stuff I've really you know enjoyed so there's just a lot of good comics you out there look for at this. sure.
1: Can you see this? No, you can't really see it.
0: No, yeah, I can't see. it. It's so awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: It's good. So it's, stuff, good. Man. it's
0: good stuff. So yep, uh, guys, you know if you're not if you're not a big gun comics, maybe this would be a good time to start because it's kind of the first stuff that's coming out for this whole era. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. So good stuff, Ange. Good stuff as always. So uh, the big topic we're gonna talk about today is. Star Wars, Lucasfilm, and kind of where they're going with the future of storytelling. As we know, we talked about it in a previous episode. The future projects that are coming, the future movies and series uh, that are coming down for the high uh, for Star Wars. So you know, it's kind of this whole thing. Where is it? are they kind of moving away from, you know, maybe not going too deep into cinematic movies is long form storytelling kind of the way with star Wars now, which I mean, again, with the Mandalorian success, we know it was huge. Um, The animated stuff they did before the Mandalorian was great. You know, your rebels, your resistance, your clone wars, it's all good. Long, you know, long form storytelling. So for me personally, I think there there's pros and cons, I think, to them both. You know, long form is great because, again, you get those kind of deeper dives into these characters and you can kind of sink your teeth into them a little bit, a little more. I, for me, a perfect example is the Mandalorian. I mean, that was a totally brand new character that they brought in and we got to experience that, you know, and we're experiencing it still because obviously we know season three is coming out. But it's a good example of how, you know, this long form storytelling can be powerful, especially in Star Wars, where I think a lot of things, you know, sometimes it's probably hard to jam pack stuff into like a two hour plus movie. Even if you did a whole trilogy, you know, there's things that maybe you could explain more, go into depth more with each character so. I personally, I like the long form storytelling. Um, I'm not against obviously cinematic because that's what we grew up on. Star Wars. Star Wars has grown up on cinematic movies. I mean, they, you know, it all started with the original trilogy. So again, pros and cons to both. Andrea, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you kind of lean towards one more
1: or the other? I mean, what do you think? (laughs) So um, I like both. Just like you said, there's pros and cons to both forms. It's been really nice to experience this new way of feeling Star Wars in these small doses, but they're connected and then it creates this longer story. It's just been absolutely fun to to experience it that way. You know when i think of short form i immediately go more towards like rogue one and a solo story where they're small dose movies where they don't need a part one a part two and a part three like the prequels the originals and the sequels do so i if i had a pick which i like out of in describing short form and long form that way i actually would pick short form i love small dose stories i like just kind of like kicking into it um and then getting the resolution at the end i feel like i'm a little wrecked and damaged from from (laughs) trilogy watching and the anticipation of it and the you know the just where your mind goes and all of that it gets very exhausting um so i am liking small dose do star wars which i think we're going to get in the future i think rogue squadrons is going to be a single story i think yeah it's a good example here yeah, i think um, so too taika's movie is also going to be a small story you know there's a the rumor now or not the rumor it's kind of been rumor confirmed that ryan the ryan johnson trilogy is going to come out i think when that Comes around, I'll absolutely be ready for something like that. But right now, I'm really, I really do enjoy small dose Star Wars. I think I like it because I like rewatching it, um, and things like that.
0: What do you think? Yeah, no, I get you because I think it makes sense. Like you're saying, like with Rogue One and Solo, it's those are really good examples of what you're saying about kind of short form. You know one time movies where you kind of get this a great star Wars adventure right that you could get into you know in in a series as well, but it's a nice kind of cinematic feel, but it's just like a one time type of you know punch punch story punch adventure and and just good fun i, I and I agree with you there for sure I, for me, I guess maybe just how tv is going now or how you know streaming is and all that stuff you know you it's you are we are being pushed into this kind of more long form you know episodic series episodic uh, nice yeah.
1: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> sometimes i can be really articulate um, <laughs> But, you know, you get, I mean, like Game of Thrones and you get, you know, The Mandalorian and other things like that. You get these movie quality series, but, you know, you but you don't have to, you know, go to a theater and see it. It's in your home, which is kind of nice. I mean, it, it is. But I love, for me, I love going to the movies. Like you're saying, I love going to see those just, you know, any type of movie. I mean, I love movies altogether, but especially like a star Wars movie, like you're saying, like solo in, in rogue one was you sat there and you just sat and took a awesome star Wars adventure, like a ride. And it mm-hmm. was great. You know, I had a, like you're saying, I had a great, you know, uh beginning, middle end, you know, stuff was resolved within the film and everything like that. It is, it's good stuff. But for me, like, I mean, I love long form storytelling, like rebels. To me, Rebels is some of it, it, some of the best Star Wars. I yeah, think absolutely. they're yeah, they're how they did that story and you know got you into these characters and build that whole family theme and the the threads that they threw in throughout the entire series and it was beautiful. I mean, it was great Star Wars. I see what you're saying though. I mean, but that was four seasons of what like. uh, twenty plus episodes per season almost. So it it's it's an investment. It's it's a time investment for sure. Absolutely. I mean the Clone Wars was how many seasons? Six, seven seasons,
1: you know. So yeah, seven, six and a half.
0: So I mean that could be a con to where you know you you do kind of have to put in some time and effort into these series, but I for me personally I think it's worth it because like you said before. For me, it's one of those I can rewatch. Like, I rewatch Rebels all the time. I throw it on in the background and just let it play because it's just that good. But I've seen it before, but I love just, you know, I just love to hear the sound of it, the characters, the moments. You know, it's just, it's, it's good. I love it. And, but same thing like for Rogue One, too. I love putting that movie on and just like, Taking that whole adventure, you know,
1: in and an experience. So, so let me ask you this: Have mm-hmm. you rewatched The Mandalorian? <sighs> I've rewatched certain
0: episodes. I don't mm. think I have watched the series as a whole yet. Yet, not that I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to, but I, I and I think I know where you're going with this because I think you and I maybe feel the same way. Whereas The Mandalorian, there are parts in the series that are fantastic, right? I mean, it's just it's it's great Star Wars. It's absolutely some of the best Star Wars we have gotten. Once you got it, you got it. Right? Yeah. Correct. One hundred percent. But again, there are times where it's like, all right, like I liked it. It wasn't my favorite, but it was cool, and like it moves the story again for me. That long form it moves the story along, especially when you have Dave Filoni involved. You know how great. He is with writing like a storyline and making it into something. So I I haven't watched it yet though. So that is an interesting thing that you bring up though. Cause now have you I can't remember if you have rewatched The Mandalorian at all
1: or not. I think you said you tried, but I've tried a couple times, hard, right? I try so this is the thing, when the episodes come out in the week, I can rewatch an episode like four or five times, you know partial it's a it's a little bit because of research <laughs> it's a little bit of job <laughs> job research <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit of just my addiction to star wars and needing to feed that addiction um in the moment of like new content and oh my god this is so amazing i need to just keep watching it watching it but when you know, before Mandalorian season two came out, remember I said I tried to rewatch season one and I couldn't do it. I just right, absolutely. Right, I remember you said that, yeah. I was like, it doesn't have rewatchability for me. It's like once I started watching and I was like, yeah, the child's going to show up at the end. Or, yeah, here come the Jawas. Or, yeah, here comes the Mudhorn. Like, yeah, here comes Ferner. Like, and I was just, it, it wasn't there for me whatsoever. The second season comes out and... Absolutely, it exceeded my expectations of what I was going to get out of The Mandalorian. It was absolutely phenomenal to watch. It was beautiful. It sounded great. The acting was great. And the stories, the surprises, all of that, the directing, very cool. That freaking Boba Fett moment, phenomenal. Robert Rodriguez still, I think, is the all-star of season two. So I try to do a rewatch from the beginning. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I could not do it. I started going through. I was like, yeah, Cobb Vanth, here he comes. Like, oh, yeah, Crate Dragon. Oh, ice Spiders. Corrin." I, you know, it just like that's what my mind was saying. Like, I know here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And I, I'm not like wanting to watch it. Now, I can put on single episodes by themselves and watch them. I can watch the Ahsoka episode. I can watch the Boba Fett episode. I can watch the last episode with Luke. I think those ones are absolutely phenomenal. But I can't watch it as a whole. It's weird.
0: Now, I kind of get you because I wonder if not because I do like how they are doing like the one week at a time drop. Right. Cause it gets, it gets us talking. It gets us kind of speculating and all that stuff. I get that. And I like it. I'm glad they're not going the whole kind of stranger things where they throw it all and you binge it when you want or whatever. Right. So it's just a different way of uh, doing shows. Right. They do like a whole season at a time. They do one episode at a time, which I'm I'm fine with. And that's fine. But I think, I wonder if it's because we, like you said, I can rewatch an episode that week numerous times and just like fall in love with it. But then right. that next episode comes out the following week.
1: And flavor I totally freaking
0: Right. It, right. Yeah. No, you're right. It's the flavor of the week. So yeah. again, it gets, it gets people like us and our fellow podcasters and star Wars, you know, fans gets us talking, right. It, it keeps, it keeps it going week by week by week. But does it, like you're saying, the rewatchability, that's interesting, you know, that maybe it doesn't, but is it because we are doing it week by week? And because we watch these episodes so many times after it drops that we're just like, all right, like, you know, there's no surprises. Like we're saying, like each week we are like,
1: oh my God, we're blown away, you know? Listen, listen. I went and saw The Rise of Skywalker six times in theaters. I still still watch that movie weekly. I'm not even kidding. I don't even know why. But for some odd reason, that movie has rewatchability to me. I don't know what it is. Now, it's just not TV shows that I have this. Like, it's not like I can't rewatch TV shows because I can rewatch Clone Wars. I can rewatch Rebels. There are a lot of arcs that I put on all the time. Right now, I'm in this kick of rewatching The Siege of Mandalore. I freaking nice. love Maul and <laughs> just love when he brings up Sidious. I love when he gets angry because he says, like, everything's already happened. It's so good. I just absolutely love it. So I can't get into The Mandalorian that way. I don't know what that is. Again, I don't know if it's. I mean, that'd
0: it, be interesting to take a poll. Honestly, maybe we'll throw it up on Twitter. Like, how you know how many times have you watched the the entire series so far? You know of the Mandalorian. I mean, like I've rewatched certain episodes for sure. Like you're saying too, but to to rewatch the entire series. That'd be interesting because I I don't know if I, I I might be be like you and not that it's bad I mean we obviously love it it's great yeah, Star Wars it's great but it doesn't have that rewatchability and is it you know are are we just maybe used to Star Wars mainly like a main story being in cinematic film you know like the I mean the Skywalker trilogy I mean the Skywalker saga right that's three different trilogies but. Again, the rewatch, of, you know, the rewatchability of it—is it because we're just, you know, that's just what we're used to? We're used to these Star Wars films, and maybe, you know, these the the shows, like these live action shows specifically. Maybe that's just something we got to get used to. I mean, is do you think that plays into effect, or just
1: I think you know? I think maybe also is because it's segmented so. We have all of our, we have favorite parts in our movies, right? Yeah, that's true. If you watch Revenge of the Sith, you know, the beginning of the battle with Palpatine and Anakin and Dooku, and then you get up into Padme's ruminations and Anakin's like starting to fall. And then, you know, those are like parts that we really um, zone into when we're watching those movies. Like, at least I do. So when that other stuff is going on like not paying attention, but it's not like back in the day where we could like skip scenes or, you know, when you're streaming something, you can fast forward, but you're kind of like locked in it. At least I think that's the way like I think about it. So if I'm watching a series and I don't like the episode that starts up, I'm going to jump right past it. You know, I don't have, I don't feel the obligation of, of sitting there watching the whole series. I don't know why.
0: now but is it now? Here's a question for you, because I was thinking about, like, so let's look at the MCU. I know people don't like to look at the MCU and Marvel, or look at the MCU and Lucasfilm or Star Wars, because they are vastly different. Because I, I mean, honestly, the MCU has built something very different, I think, than anybody has ever done. So damn sure, cool. yeah. But again, they're using, you know, the movies were like episodes almost to. You know, and they built up to this great event of, you know, Infinity Wars and Endgame, right? So you were invested this entire time. But again, you have to look at Marvel and those comics and those characters have been around for, what, 80 plus years now? And there's so many different storylines that have been written with all these characters that, you know, the MCU could do anything they want because there's so much to, you know, pull from, right? Right. Cause that's what they're doing. I mean, it's not like they're creating brand new storylines like never before seen. They're pulling stuff from various comics and various storylines throughout the entire you know the entire comic book catalog. But with Star Wars, it's different because Star Wars started out as cinematic, right? So now Lucasfilm is trying to build that universe, right? And it's gonna take time. It's gonna take time. So you know, I, I know people like to kind of look at it that way and say, oh, well, Marvel's doing it. Well, yeah, Marvel's been doing it. They're doing it for sure. But they have material that they can pull from and use and, and do it in a different way and do it in a creative way to where it's fresh. It feels fresh, you know? But like, but I want to kind of bring back to, like you're saying, like we watch certain episodes, you know, like even in Rebels or Clone Wars, we watch certain arcs, certain, certain stuff that just hits us. You know, with the Mandalorian, I wonder if it's, you know, because each episode, they they connect, right? But some episodes, it's just like, okay, it's not a filler. Because I don't think, obviously, I hate that word filler, but they're episodes that move the story along, but we can skip over them. Like you're saying, we can skip over those episodes and just watch what we what we kind of connect to and everything like that. Do you think it's because like the Mandalorian, you know, at times it was... It had that, you know, it is very like a serial, you know, kind of Saturday morning show where, you know, you have like a story within this longer, you know, this long, this longer story they're telling. But you have these little adventures, right? Is that because maybe is, do you think that's it? Because each kind of each episode in The Mandalorian was its own adventure. And I'll, I'll compare it to let's let's compare it to WandaVision right now going on. Each episode is is connecting. It can, And again, not to say that the Mandalorian did it, but it did it in a longer way. Whereas for me, WandaVision, like each episode it is how do I want to explain it? But like it, it connects to each week, but differently. Like it, it just, it's hard. I guess maybe it's hard to explain, but like with the Mandalorian, you know, like they went on an adventure. You know, they had a side mission and they moved on to the next side mission and the next side mission. Right. And it was fun to watch as it went week to week. I feel like WandaVision It's again, you know it's kind of a longer game, but it's not like each episode, it's kind of just like, okay, it stops there, you know, we'll pick up another, you know, next week Wanda will be at a different mission. Like, it, it's a longer kind of storytelling, if that makes sense. What do you think?
1: It does. And as you were saying that, something popped into my mind. Do you think it's detrimental that... The Mandalorian uses different directors for each episode. I don't think so. I think it enhances it for me personally, because you get a fresh take each week, right? I But mean, for like, rewatchability and feeling like you're in a long form story, it does feel kind of choppy when saying. you try to watch it that way.
0: And I, I think that's,
1: that's what it is. And, you know, with WandaVision, when the first two episodes came out and they were like the 60s and the 70s, um, episodes and then I think there was you know obviously 80s 90s 2000s so I used to watch a lot of TV when I was younger 80s 90s and but I did not watch a lot of TV Um, actually I didn't watch TV in the 90s it was mostly in the 80s so when it got into those episodes like the 90s and the 2000s I could not get into them I seriously struggled oh, with enjoying the like the the cliches and and the direction and all that I could not get into them I actually got kind of annoyed with when they were doing that but when it was you know like I love Lucy and Three's Company and you know when it was like that I completely enjoyed it and felt comfortable watching it so that's also what makes me think when you change director's and you're trying to tell a long form story, you can maybe lose a person in an, like an audience member in an episode because of the way someone's directing something. That's what I think. Because there are some episodes the you know what? I love Bryce Dallas Howard as a director, but for some odd reason I cannot rewatch her Mandalorian episodes. Really? Interesting. I just don't. I just don't. It's so weird.
0: Again, I think, and again, that's that's a good point that you bring up because with different directors, obviously different flavors, different kind of uh, shots, and how they and how they do, you know, their that particular episode, how they, you know, it it is different. I I, I kind of I, I see where you're going with that. Again, compared to Wandavision, where it's the same writers, same directors. And when we're in those
1: moments where when we're in those present day moments and it feels like a fluid story and the direction is all the same, cinematography is all the same, characters are mm-hmm. all the same, I I feel more comfortable in that show. But I'm telling you, when like just this past one, like I don't watch TV shows <laughs> like from now, like I get it. It was like a parody off of The Office, but I or, yeah, or anything family. like yeah. Modern Family or anything like that. Dude, I couldn't. I couldn't get into it. <laughs> but again, you kind of bring up an, inter- an interesting
0: thing to where, you know, would it be better if just say Dave Filoni and John Favreau just wrote and directed the entire series? Or do they, you know, do they continue doing this kind of different director each episode? Because... You know, I, I've been enjoying, like, Rick Rick's take, uh, Takiti's take. I love Robert Rodriguez's take on Star Wars. Bryce Ailes Howard one of my favorites. So you get, you know, kind of a different look of Star Wars with the different directors, and I enjoy that. But like you're saying, does it kind of mess up the fluidity of the show? And does it take people out because each week is different from, you know, a different, it kind of feels different, looks different than the previous week. You know, I mean, compared, like, I mean, for a perfect example, season two, you look at Dave Filoni's episode with Ahsoka and how it was like a samurai Western. And then you go to Robert Rodriguez's episode and it was, you know, that kind of hard-hitting, more of a hard-hitting Star Wars. I mean, it, it fits. It fits the story. It fits Mandalorian. You know, it fits what they were doing. But does it take you, you know, does it take some audiences out? Or is it because it's a week to week thing, people kind of take it and it's easier to digest it that way, if that makes sense. It does.
1: It absolutely does make sense. And it makes me almost really look forward to event series or mini series like Deborah Chow's Obi Wan Kenobi, right, right, right. Or um, who is might be doing Lando? Um,
0: oh, I forget the guy's name, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Or with the uh, Aculites, Lena Headley, yeah, Headley's so doing the whole thing.
1: I'm excited for those that type of storytelling, um, a director's full take on an entire story. You know, so if we go back to the beginning. Do I like short form or long form? I guess I like short form. I prefer it over long form, but I also in but I also like it when it's given through one vision. Is what I'm saying. So no, like, that makes sense. That makes sense. And if you think about it, I I think part of the reason <clears throat> I don't want to get into a prequel, sequel, original trilogy debate, but. Part of the reason there is a little bit of a rift in the sequel trilogy is because of the different directions that it took. That's, that's fair. Throughout the sequel, that's fair. I mean, yes, there were different directors for the original trilogy, but it still was all George. And so, prequels too. I mean, it was all George's writing. It was and all George. So that's it fair. felt more. That's fair. It felt more fluid. So. I mean, if we're going to have a full Ryan Johnson trilogy, dope, man. That's his vision. I yeah, can't wait to see trilogy. that. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be great doing these. Uh, but you know what? It's so weird. Like if you look at Harry Potter, different directors all through that. But then again, it's just J.K. Rowling's story. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love all kinds of storytelling, to be honest. Oh, but no, that's fair. Right. Absolutely. Um, I I loved when Game of Thrones just, like, went off on its little tangents and was just, like, kind of spiking to all different types of storylines. It was absolutely great in the anticipation of what you might have got from that. We're also getting that with the Mandalorian right now, you know, with all the new series of the New Republic Rangers, Ahsoka, all of that. So... I like it all, but my preference absolutely is little short bursts. Maybe I have um <laughs> maybe I have like ADD. I don't know. <laughs>
0: That's fair. I think everybody has a little of like a, of yes, that. A because smidge. It, yeah, because again, like you're saying it is, it, I mean, it's a personal preference. I mean, again, we're not saying one's better than the other, but it's interesting to see where Lucasfilm is going because it does seem in my opinion that they're going this kind of more the long form series route for now. We know that Patty Jenkins movie is coming. We know uh, what TD's movie is coming. And again, we're hearing the rumor is, you know, what Ryan Johnson said to uh, the girl that, um, got to speak to him that he is still working on a Star Wars trilogy which I think I fully believe that I don't think he would say it without you know it being somewhat truthful I, I really don't because I think he, he's a professional if he would have skirted that question and probably said you know I don't know you know we're still in talks but I feel like he's very confident that he is doing something for sure And I feel like that will be done again. I think, I I think it will. I mean, it will be some time until we see that. I really do. And his move, his trilogy might be the first trilogy we get. Maybe these next couple movies, obviously, are are what we're thinking are just going to be these kind of standalone adventure Star Wars movies. You know, they're not. I mean, who knows? We assume. That's my assumption right now until obviously we see the movie and then they set up a whole freaking like, you know, another saga with Patty Jenkins movie. Who knows? It could happen. Or uh Watiti's movie too. So I, I feel like I, I like your idea of maybe they'll just do these kind of not standalone, but these one cinematic adventure st- within the Star Wars galaxy. And then obviously can, can continue to use Disney Plus as your long form, maybe. um telling these deeper theme stories and storylines. And then again, maybe Ryan Johnson in a few years tells his trilogy, a, a trilogy of some sort. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I think it, it was an interesting topic. I kind of want to talk about it because again, it it's, it's, you know, kind of look at where star Wars started, you know, that started as a, a movie. L- Lucas built it into a trilogy and then built it into this entire saga. You know, so and now with where we are with technology, you know, again, I mean, movies are expensive to make, too. But a, a series like The Mandalorian can't be cheap either. So, you know, Lucasfilm, Disney's probably got to look at, you know, what what's a good balance? You know, do we, what, what's in the budget? I mean, obviously, Disney has a lot of money. They probably don't have too much of a budget, but they do have to have <laughs> some type of budget to where, you know, what's what's more... What's going to get their bang for their buck, you know, streaming service or movies, you know, so it's it's just interesting, an interesting topic I thought we should uh, talk about. Yeah, anything
1: what, else? though? yeah, what's going to be frustrating is to me, whether Disney Star Wars moves along in these small doses or, you know, ties in this this story to create this big, you know, cinematic climax like uh, Marvel, yeah. Marvel did what is super unfortunate is that as each of these come out, no matter which way it comes out through a movie or through a TV show, it is um, under the largest microscope. And I can't stand it because everyone is comparing it to Marvel. And I hate to break it to you when like Iron Man three sucked. Okay. Thor dark world. (laughs) Isn't all that great. Okay. Like, There are flops in the MCU. There are. There are movies that, I'm sorry, I just will not rewatch again. There are ones that just aren't as great as others. And unfortunately, when that happens in Star Wars, it is such an issue. You know, all of a sudden, Star Wars is dead. Star Wars is failing because it wasn't as great as it was back then. You know, not... Every movie, show, episode needs to be a finale, needs to be a blockbuster, needs to be whatever you absolutely need it to be. It doesn't have to meet the fandom's expectations. And I wish that Star Wars wasn't treated that way. I just really wish that it wasn't.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I, I... the fandom is I mean that's a whole different topic, a whole different episode altogether, but <laughs> never you know but the, the, I mean being in any fandom as a whole is can be exhausting, you know, but with star wars it just it it does feel different sometimes, you know, and then, like you're saying, if you know people that do love rebels and do love Clone wars, you know maybe they're you know they like that long story, you know that longer kind of S- storytelling not that they don't like the movies but maybe that's their thing just like again like for me i love that deeper stuff i love the 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 rebels and cone wars story that it, it it expands it makes the movies and connects so much more um i yeah I, I and i don't think star wars and i don't think they should in my opinion i don't think lucasfilm should try to do what marvel's doing in like connecting shows and movies like do your own thing. Kinda keep doing what you're doing. You know, let Marvel be Marvel. Marvel's gonna do that. DCEU's gonna do what they do. Let just keep doing what you're doing. Because either way, you have fans. They're gonna like it, love it, it's it's gonna be what it's gonna be. But I think majority of the fans will they will take take in whatever they give us. You know, what do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I know that we're really in the thick of the fandom, and we get to see um things that a lot of casual fans don't get to see. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it can be pretty frustrating at times, but then it can also be very exciting, and you know, it's just full of light and love. <laughs> but <laughs> there, so um, I just it, uh, the fandom is very critical. I wish it wouldn't be. I wish um. I I wish it it wasn't for the 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 creators and the artists and, you know, the engineers, the architects, the people that are behind all of this, um, putting their blood, sweat and tears into this work. Uh, I wish that was more exposed to uh, certain aspects of the fandom and they could appreciate the artistry and the hard work and the the mastery that goes into all of this it's just frustrating i don't know yeah
0: yeah no it is
1: it is but, but i else? think when
0: you, yeah i mean i think if you surround yourself like with us and with the people we interact with
1: it's enjoyable i like myself i'm gonna be honest <laughs> that's it. That's i like fair. my opinions that, that's fair that's, that's it fair. <laughs> be you <laughs> just be you that's about it <laughs> I like Lately, I just go on Twitter to be in BTS Army Twitter. Stay away from the Star Wars Twitter. <laughs> That's fair. I probably should do
0: that more, too. Maybe I need to join on the it's great. BTS Army <laughs> Twitter. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, all right. Last thoughts on kind of, you know, this long form cinematic uh, debate and kind of where
1: what we think where Lucasfilm's going and anything else. I think Lucasfilm is doing a great job. And um I appreciate I all the content that comes out. It's
0: great. Right. I mean, we are getting a lot of content. Tons down the of road, content. So, I mean, yeah, not even just film
1: wise, but right. literature wise. I mean it's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I just keep I hope they keep doing what they're doing and don't listen to, you know, the minority who aren't, you know, happy sometimes. So All right, kids, that's it. That's uh, that's the episode. hope you guys enjoyed that. I think we had a fun time talking about, uh, you know, storytelling within Lucasfilm, within Star Wars and kind of our thoughts on it. So uh, if you like this episode and want to hear more, you can follow our episodes on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, anywhere and anywhere, anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found. We should be there. You can follow us on Twitter at The Galactic Pod and you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Lower Nose on Twitter and Instagram. You
1: can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2Step on Twitter, but only if you want to see BTS posts and information. That's a warning. (laughs) A warning. You think you're going to get some Star Wars content out of me? No, ho, ho. If you want some hot takes, uh yeah, that's not the spot. It's <laughs> not happening.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening to us. And as always, may that force be with you. Always. Always. always.